Prospect Pipeline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a draft day edition of Prospect Pipeline. Draft day, of course, coming up soon, but uh, we are going to be talking all about what's going to happen on draft day, so we'll go ahead and give it that label. I'm Brian Smith, joined by Bill Meltzer, and this, of course, has been uh, the, the craziest of seasons, and we're going to hold an NHL draft in October for the first time. We're going to hold it virtually for the first time, and uh, nothing is normal anymore in the world of hockey, just like almost uh, every other walk of life that uh, is out there right now. We hope you're all doing well. We thank you for joining us here as the Flyers get ready for the 2020 NHL entry draft. Uh, they've got seven picks heading into the draft. They'll draft 23rd overall in the first round, and we'll, uh, we'll have to just wait and see what goes on uh, other than that, if there's any movement for the Flyers up, and, up or down in the first round or anywhere else in the draft for, for that matter. Um, the, the, the chatter out there right now is that there might be more movement than normal as the NHL GMs try to figure out how to navigate what's going to essentially be a flat salary cap for the next two years and uh, all the other things that go along with it. So, uh, Bill, just, uh, I guess, getting started here, uh, your, your overall thoughts on what the Flyers are uh, going to be going into on Tuesday and Wednesday with this draft, um, you know, some of the uh, – general strategies you think the team might have and uh, some of the things that uh, you know might be maybe surprises for us as we go into the draft well I think what typically happens you know at the draft is that there are as you were talking about there's player movement around the league and and that ends up kind of overshadowing the draft picks except at the at the top end of the draft um you I think you'll see some some movement around uh teams moving up moving down potentially uh because there are some teams uh even within the Flyers division, who, who have multiple picks in the first round. So they have some flexibility as to what they're going to do. Um, Chuck Fletcher was talking um, earlier this week and said that, you know, there is a possibility, you know, maybe if maybe if you have someone in your, your top 10 or so and they start to slip a little bit, maybe you, you look to move up, um, you know, or or maybe you're comfortable moving down a little bit. I mean, last, last year the Flyers moved down. Um, you know, a couple of spots and everybody at Cam York um, trading down from 11th to 14th. Um, you know, other, other times they've, they've traded up when they got Travis Konechny, um back, back in 2015, they traded up a little bit to be able to be able to take TK. So, you know, it, it really, it really all depends on, on how the picks fall. Um, I thought one really interesting thing that Chuck had said is that he wants consensus going in as to who the top 20 guys are. And, um, you know, where the drop-off points are. And that gives him a sense of, okay, do I need to move up to get somebody? Do I need to move down? What you never want is you never want a bunch of disagreement at the table about the time that your, your pick comes up. Because that, that should already be, even, even in a delayed draft like this, even in an unusual draft year, you should have a sense as to what you're looking for. Um, in, in terms of the strengths of this draft, um, you know, it's uh, – this, this year is, is not uh, – last year was the year of the, the U.S. national team program. Uh, 17 kids were picked from the U.S. national team program a year ago. That's a record. There's never been 17 players picked from one team in a draft. It's going to be a long, long time until we see anything like that again. Of course, the Flyers got in on that last year by picking York and, uh, and Brink also. Bobby Brink is also a – was also – saw some time with the U.S. national team program. So they, they were amongst those numbers. And Joel Farabee the year before that was – uh, U.S. national team player. Now, now that is a possibility if, if there's somebody in that range, but the odds of it are less. Um, 
you know, I, I think that this is a pretty good, pretty good year for forwards. Um, when you're looking at guys who might go around where the, where the Flyers will pick a 23rd, you know, usually if, if everybody check, if guys check every single box, right. If they're, they're skilled and they're big and they can skate and they're defensively sound and, you know, uh, character issues, clean bill of health, all, all, all of that, right. They're generally not still around at 23rd in, in most drafts. So, you know, by that point, you're, you're going to get skilled players, guys who are probably going to be good players in the league. Uh, we'll need a little bit more development time. And there's probably at least one box, you know, often, often at size or skating uh, that has that, uh, a little bit of a question mark coming into the draft. And you're just, you know, you're projecting, okay, is he going to fill out a little bit? Is he going to do, is he going to do this or that? And it's a little bit longer route to the NHL. But, you know, a lot of guys end up in, um, you know, a good place in the National Hockey League. Um, if Flyers pick 23rd, and you can look at, at guys like uh, Claude Giroux was a 22nd overall pick. Uh, and the 2006 draft was considered to be a weaker one than this one. Um, so the Flyers, you know, really hit a home run on that one. You're not going to hit a home run every year. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, every once in a while you, you can do something like that. Uh, Simone Gagne in, in uh, 19, 1998 was a uh, 22nd overall pick. So th- there will be good players available. Um, you know, some, some good forwards, um, some pretty good wingers in this year's draft, and then, you know, a couple of defensemen as well. I would just say looking at where the depth of the class is, and you never know how it's going to fall, but I would say odds tend to favor picking a forward. Um, and the Flyers' draft tendency is they do put a lot of value on hockey smarts and, and two-way, two-way play. Uh, it tends to be a, an important thing for the Flyers, particularly as they're making their first pick in the draft. So, you know, you look at some of those tendencies, you look at the draft class, but you know nobody nobody really knows the you know, how the internal rankings are, and the, that's always really a you know closely guarded secret. Flyers have picked uh, around this number quite a bit in the last few years. Uh, uh, they've had more success, I would say, in the last ten to fifteen years, picking in the high twenties than they did back in say the uh, the nineteen eighties. But um, you know Morgan yeah. Frost was a twenty seven pick, German Rubsoff a twenty two, Travis Konechny was a twenty fourth overall. You mentioned, of course. Claude Giroux at 22 back in uh, 2006. Scott Lawton was a 20th pick. Um, Mike Richards was a 24th pick. Uh, so they've got they've had some uh, practice over the years uh, in more recent and perhaps more applicable times in picking in this uh, this general area. So you know hopefully that will uh, lend themselves to you know whatever it is that they try to identify. Like you said, there's usually you know one. Uh, area of concern in in a lot of picks in this in this general area, but uh, you know overall it should be a pretty good player. Flyers do have uh, six of their own seven picks in this draft. The third round pick went to uh, uh, San Jose in the uh, trade for uh, Justin Braun a couple of years ago, so they do not have a third round pick at least not at the moment. Uh, they have two seventh round picks. We'll see if they continue their tradition of swapping seventh round picks with Montreal, which I believe they've done for four years in a row now. And yep. uh, just punting to the next year for whatever reason. I, you know, it, it, uh, it started to defy logic when that tradition crossed general managers. You know, I'm just, <laughs> all right, yeah, whatever. It's a, it's a hexy thing. Well, then Chuck did it too last year. So it's, uh, you know, it is, it is what it is. But um, I, I, do, I do find it interesting that that's how uh, Montreal ended up with Caden Primo a few years back. But, uh, you know, we'll see what, the, what ends up going on there. But, um, you know, the, the, the one thing that has become uh, obvious over the last few years is the importance of finding some of these 
late round gems, if you will. Um, second round, obviously, is a, a pretty, you know, you, you hope to get a player from there. But fourth, fifth, sixth, uh, you know, that's where uh, the likes of Shane Gostisbehere and whatnot have come from for the uh, Flyers over the last uh, few years. Kirill Ustamenko, a third round pick, um, you know, trying just to find uh, some of these guys. Connor Bunneman was a fourth, Carson Twarinski a third. Guys in these later rounds that can contribute uh, at some point in their careers. Um, you know, what what are you looking for in 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 those rounds when you're trying to evaluate uh, what what a player brings to the table and trying to find these uh, diamonds in the rough, so to speak? Well, a lot of times these are players who are either uh, didn't get a lot of playing time necessarily, or they played at a you know lower level competition, maybe they're late bloomer, they, they pass through a draft unselected, or it's a guy who has one or two particular, you know, outstanding skills that you're projecting in a role down the line. You know, maybe he's a really good checker. Maybe he's, uh, you know, maybe he has good hands, but he's a little, you know, the combination of being undersized and not a great skater tends to push guys. Because sometimes you'll see guys who have, you know, unbelievable junior scoring numbers. Well, why is this guy in the, the fifth round? Well, you know, usually it's a skating issue or a, an all-around play issue. In the combina- but often it's that combination of your undersized plus a plus considered a questionable skater. And usually whatever, whatever a guy's stats are, if they have that combination, you, you find guys, you know, in the middle of the later rounds. And sometimes, you know, sometimes there are guys who surprise in that range. Um, you know, a, a lot of times you can find really good value in, in players from, from lesser leagues in that range. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, some good US, USHL players, for example. Flyers have, have made good use of the USHL. Uh, two of the really good prospects in the system, guys who've been, you know, who, whose stock has risen a lot since their draft year. Um, Tanner Lashinsky, um, who will make see games with the, the Flyers this year. He'll be one of the guys in the mix that compete for a job, maybe even as soon as this year. And then uh, Noah Cates is another guy who was taken out of the, uh, taken out of Minnesota high school ranks, uh, played a year in the USHL, then went to Minnesota Duluth. And, and lo and behold, he's, he's an NHL prospect now. And, uh, you know, really, really smart hockey player, two-way player. So really, you know, those are those are things you look for when you get a little bit later in the draft. And then sometimes in the uh, in the late rounds, you're just, uh, you know, you're you're just a I, I don't want to say a shot in the dark because you you've scouted these players, but you're you know, sometimes late in the draft. There's just there's just one particular thing that uh, stands out enough that you hey, you know what, it, it, it's worth a shot this late. Mm-hmm. So. You know, obviously the draft is a little bit of, uh, of an unknown, um, at least to us. The, the Flyers no doubt have targets uh, written down for, um, for, for what they're going after. But, uh, you know, just stepping into the part of prospect pipeline that we do know uh, and, and talking about some of these recent draft picks, um, some of them are starting to, to come to fruition for the Flyers from the last few years. And, uh, you know, it's actually specifically – uh, asked of Chuck Fletcher in uh, a recent uh, conference call where some of these, um, you know, college guys that, again, and, and, and I don't want to digress too far here, but, um, you know, the, the benefit to picking a college player, again, is that you get to see him um, when he's prepared for the NHL at a considerably uh, higher maturity level than an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old pick out of junior. Uh, Flyers are going to have now a couple of guys coming pro um, that were part of this uh, overall 
uh, college selection system uh, a couple of years ago, uh, specifically Wade Allison, Tanner Lischinski, uh, excuse me. Um, you know, some of these guys that uh, are going to come to the Flyers as uh, potential, um, you know, like 24-year-old rookies. Uh, I know we don't know what's coming as far as training camp or anything like that, but um, where, where do you see some of these guys uh, perhaps contributing now that they are turning pro and, uh, you know, might see some time with the Phantoms, um, you know, obviously regardless of whether or not they're ready for the NHL. But if that's, if the Phantoms are playing, um, it's just an odd situation, but yeah. uh, what, what do you see in the future for some of these guys? Yeah. I mean, of course the, the, AHL is a, a fluid situation itself right. that's really a whole different story than the NHL, um, you know, because they're they're playing in a bubble is not, you know, even temporarily is not really an option in the AHL, which is completely gate-driven. So they're, they're on kind of a different timetable than, than the NHL is. Um, but, but assuming there's an American Hockey League season in, in relative, you know, relatively close proximity when the NHL season begins, um, you know, Brent Flyer said that, uh, that Wade Allison – and Lashinsky, who I was just talking about a little bit, and uh, also Linus Sandin coming over from Sweden. It was a you know a little bit of a twenty-four-year-old rookie. He's done well in the Swedish league. Was never drafted. And I was looking you know, for that third there. name, and I'm looking at my list of drafted yeah. <laughs> picks, and I'm, that's why I couldn't find him. Was Flyers didn't draft him. There you go. Anyway, right, right. But uh, but anyway, so you know, he, he, each of those guys brings his own things to the table. Um, Wade Allison probably would have turned pro after his sophomore year because uh, he was tearing up the NCAA. Um, and in, I think it was mid-January, possibly late January that season, um, he tore his right ACL. Yeah. And not only did that ruin the rest of his sophomore season, it really ruined his junior season too. It was about 18 months right, until he yeah. was feeling healthy again. And then he had some unrelated injury issues as a, as a senior last year. Um, so in the last three hockey seasons, he's only played a, a total of 70 games, Yeah, um, 48 games over his, over his last two seasons. Um, but the good news is that he's healthy again. In the last part of his senior year, he, he was on a tear that was similar to where he was, you know, before the ACL. Um, he does bring a lot of elements that, you know, that the Flyers have been looking for. He's big body, uh, very heavy shot, uh, very physical hockey player. Um, you know, that, that power forward type that, uh, you know, people have talked about. And he has a, you know, besides a heavy shot, he's also good around the net too. Um, Lashinsky is a really good all-around hockey player, a guy who can play center. He can play wing. Um, you can move him up and down your lineup. Um, when he played in the World Junior Championships for Team USA and won a gold medal, he was a, a fourth-line guy for that team. And that's really how he made the team was his versatility. Uh, at Ohio State, he was a guy who, again, he, could, he played wing, he played center worked his way up to the, to the top line and was a, was a point producer. Um, you know, and I think he's going to put up some points at the pro level too, but mostly he's going to be, you know, I, I would not liken him stylistically, but I would, I would say that his, the way he's deployed would be kind of similar to the way that Michael Roffle has been over the years. I mean, Flyers fans are familiar that, you know, Roffle plays up and down the lineup. Um, he's moved to center even uh, on occasion this past season. He played some center early in the season. So, I mean, Lashinsky brings that versatility as, as well as a guy with a, you know, uh, with, a, with a pretty big frame as well. And, uh, you know, a guy, again, a guy, a guy just a versatile, just a versatile kind of, you know, I wouldn't say utility player because I think he's going to start regularly when, you know, when he's ready to go. But a guy who can, you know, contribute, contribute in the lineup and a guy who might be a very valuable player in, in postseason situations. 
Um, Sandine is uh, a good two-way player, a little bit in a similar kind of a mold to you know another guy kind of in the, the Michael Roffel mode. Um, uh, he had a very good season in Sweden last year. Actually, he's he's on loan to a team in Sweden this year, so we can get some get some playing time at the start of the season. Um, he's another guy who you know you don't you never know how a player is going to adapt when they come over to the small rink and and how you know how fast it's going to happen if it's going to happen. He's on a he's on a one year contract when he does come over here, so it's uh, you know. But he'll he'll be a guy who's competing for a spot as well. So it's always good to have internal competition. There's, there's you know. Nothing more important in the game right now than depth, and the other the other part of it being too that uh, you know you're always you're always going to have injuries, and you need and you need some players who contribute in your lineup who are also on entry level contracts because right. when you're managing against the cap, especially a flat cap, it's very important to have some guys on the roster who are not making a lot of money, but are are playing effectively for you and the roles are assigned to. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you you touched on it. Uh briefly there but um we, you know, we are seeing um a vast uh, thing a vast majority of things that we would not see in a, a normal circumstance with uh guys both in the flyer system and around the league uh, being loaned to teams in Europe to like you said get over there and get a chance to play Kirill Ustamenko was the uh, latest player today or uh, as we record this today on Friday uh being loaned out to a team in Belarus um just give us an overall uh, look at that situation. Why that's happening? Just for fans that may not uh, may not know why they're seeing some of these guys assigned to other teams. Um, you know, just given the overall situation, what that uh, will do as far as benefiting them. Uh, you know, in the long run here. Sure. Well, the uh, regular seasons are underway in in Europe. Um, it's a little fluid. Uh, you know, like in in the Czech League because of a COVID outbreak, there are teams right. that are. That are you know kind of and, and again we limbo should stress, yeah. yeah we should stress that these are leagues that did not resume they they wrapped things up in March and just called Correct. it a year so yeah. these leagues have been off for the last six months and are now uh, getting started whereas the NHL obviously did its return to play that just completed and now they're going to have a bit of an off season so that's kind of the reason for the timing here yeah for sure and uh, you know what's what's crazy I'll just touch on this real briefly is that. We're now in the time of the year, especially with some of these leagues having started or about to start, you know, like the Quebec League. We're now in some ways in the in the 2021 cycle for the 2021 draft cycle, and you're not right. totally completed this year's draft cycle yet. You yeah. have you know, maybe some final second tweaks there. So, you know, the, the scouts are busy guys right now. <laughs> um, they're always busy guys, but uh, you know, but it's uh, so that, that's, that's an unusual situation. But that that's the reason why the Flyers have six guys that are that are overplaying. Um, in Europe right now. You mentioned Ustamenko, uh, Maxim Sushko is in the KHL, uh, German Rubsov is in the KHL, uh, several guys in Sweden, Linus Hogberg, who will be probably debuting at the Phantoms this season, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, he will be, uh, he's over in Sweden right now. Um, David Kasha is over in the Czech League. Uh, his team was one of the ones that was affected by, you know, by a COVID outbreak, so their schedule was, uh, was halted temporarily. Um, and, um, and I'm Missing some names here, but uh, at any rate, those those are those are the kind of players. Oh, I, yeah, and also too, um, you know, you have you have of course your guys, your prospects who were not signed yet are still over in those leagues as well too. Guys like Oli Leakcell or Adam Yinning, you know. So you know there there are there are guys of note over there, but you do have you do have the six contracted guys who are over there until NHL camps start, 
or when the American Hockey League is about set to start, and then then they can be recalled. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So it's going to be, like you said, a fluid situation. Um, you know, we don't know when the NHL is going to start, much less the American Hockey League, or uh, um, you know, we don't know what's going on necessarily. With do we know what's going on with juniors? Or are they they still trying to figure it out too up there? Yeah, uh, oh, I know the I know the Quebec League is, yeah. is about to start. Other leagues okay. haven't announced their schedules yet. Yeah, so a lot of places are still trying to figure out exactly what the season's going to be, and that uh, you know, again, lots of our fans are singularly focused on the NHL, as you would imagine, um, and in the in the National Hockey League, it's a matter of okay, when's the uh, when's the season going to start and how many games are going to be and how's that going to affect business and, and things like that. And, you know, obviously go toward awarding the 2021 Stanley cup, but there's a whole separate uh, ball game going on and all sorts of layers to what's underneath that is to, all right, you've got, you know, it's not just the 20 guys on the NHL roster that everybody sees every night, every other NHL organization has another 40 guys 40 to 50 guys that they either have under a contract or they have the rights to them and those guys uh, would be playing somewhere else and developing and trying to make it toward the NHL whether they're playing in Canada and juniors if they're playing U.S. college if they're playing in Europe and we got to wait and see where all those other leagues go in terms of uh, how that's going to affect the Flyers for the future now um, you mentioned a little bit about the, the entry-level contracts and guys that don't make a lot of money contributing. That's going to be huge here for the next foreseeable future with what they're talking about of a flat cap here for, for next season and potentially the season after that, um, how this whole thing affects HRR and how that affects the cap. Um, you know, is, is it uh, safe to say that the Flyers might be in – a better situation than a lot of teams with all the prospects that they've built here over the past uh, four or five seasons that, um, you know, are now starting to come along that they might be in a better position to weather this storm than a lot of teams. I, I think so. You, you want, you know, your entry level guys and, and guys that are, you know, on, on their second contract, even, even in the case where, you know, you've locked the guy up long term because he, he's, he's excelled like an Ivan Provorov or, you know, or Konechny. Um, are, are in long-term deals now, and, and they got considerable raises. But you know, but you know where their cap hit is going to be. So you know, you slot them in where they're at, and assuming they continue to develop at the you know pace they've had so far, it actually becomes a pretty good bargain by the time the cap starts going up again. I mean, again, on the flat cap, it's maybe a little bit of a different situation. But um, yeah, I mean, the Flyers have uh, Oscar Lindblom signed for the next three years. You know, they got, they got Hag just signed for two years, uh, Nicobe Kubel for two years. And then you're going to have players, as you were saying, on their entry-level deals, um, filtering up, you know, maybe a guy like Morgan Frost, for example, just, just a second-year pro. So after this year, he's got one more year to go on his entry-level deal. If he comes up to the NHL and he can make an impact uh, in, you know, in the top nine, then that's a, that's a very valuable spot in the lineup at a, at a pretty inexpensive cost. Um, you know, you have uh, Cam York. The Flyers' first round pick mm-hmm. last year, who I who I think is going to be turning pro after his sophomore year, um, assuming <laughs> assuming the collegiate schedule gets going. Um, but uh, yeah, but he he's a guy who's pretty close to, to turning pro, and that's uh, you know that, that you def you definitely need that value. The Flyers have done a very good job of stockpiling assets. Even last year when they moved some picks, they're able to replenish them. So they they've made a lot of picks, and there haven't been there haven't been very many players who you know who who they ended up 
not signing and, and losing the rights to. Now, Wyatt Kalanick, of course, was one guy who they would have liked to have signed this year. He ends up going uh, to Chicago. But, uh, you know, most, most of the kids that they've drafted uh, have played well enough to be viable candidates to sign. And, you know, they, most of them seem to be progressing fairly well, too. So it, it, it is a good spot. The teams, that, uh, the teams that have traded off a lot of picks um, and they have an older core of players and an expensive roster – those are the teams that, as the flat cap continues, could be in significant trouble. And also also teams that might have some space right now, but uh, you know, they're, they're looking at players that are going to have a big inflation on their cap hit in, the, in their next contract. Um, you know, that's why you, that's why hearing some teams, you, you, know, you hear some names in trade rumors. Well, why would they be interested in trading this particular player? Because he's, he's, you know, he's still young, he's, he's a good player. Well, that, that might be why, because when they're figuring what – what their cap plan is for the long term, and if they pay market value for that player, then all of a sudden they're in they're in real cap trouble. Sure, absolutely. Well, if you had uh, told me while we were watching the Flyers play in Prague last year that uh, a year and two days from now we'd be doing the draft, I, I don't know that anybody would have uh, thought that you were. Uh, anything less than insane, but here we are. And uh, we are going to go into this, uh, this, this draft. And, and then again, uh, five days later is free agency, which we'll talk more about as we get closer to it. But uh, it is a very odd time in the NHL right now. We're going to uh, cover it as best we can. We are going to have live draft coverage for you on Flyers Radio 24-7 on draft night, which is Tuesday night, October the 6th. And then uh, we'll have more coverage for you on the 7th, the next day. Uh, the second day of the draft will start at 11:30 on Wednesday, so it's going to be uh, you know a midday thing. So we'll have all the coverage for you on Flyers Radio 24/7 in case you can't uh, be in front of a TV or whatever, and you want to keep track of what's going on. Uh, Bill, myself, and Jason Bertitas will be with you uh, throughout uh, the first round and the first part of day two, and we'll you know break it down for you, keep it interesting, and uh, hopefully. Uh, have some uh, some folks joining us as well over the course of that. So, Bill, we'll wrap this version up. Uh, thanks. Hope you're well, and we look forward to next week. It'll be fun. All right, folks. Again, uh, just keep it with us at Flyers Radio 24-7, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, all of our social channels to uh, keep track of everything going on with the 2020 NHL Draft uh, next Tuesday and Wednesday, the 6th and the 7th, and we'll find out who the uh, next batch of potential Flyers are as we go through that. For Bill Meltzer, I'm Brian Smith. Have a great day, everyone. The preceding program is an original production of the Flyers Broadcast Network. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersbroadcastnetwork.com.